1: Hey, we're in our Q&A series, and by the way, if you weren't here on Wednesday night, Pastor Scott Huserow, lit it up. You need to podcast it. You need to podcast it. It was amazing. Wednesday nights are getting bonkers, guys. Let me just tell you, I know, you know, it's like Wednesday night, and you know, I got kids, I get it, but I'm telling you, Wednesday nights are just something special. We carve out a little time at the end for ministry time, a little more time, and it's just so, I mean, it's so funny, every Wednesday night, we get home at like 10.30, You know, I don't preach till 1030, I promise, okay? (laughs) We end, but then people get prayer and we're talking, we're hearing testimonies. And it's just like, you just don't want to leave. You want to linger. That's a good sign. When you want to linger in the house of God, the presence of God, Joshua knew it. He's like, when Joshua says he would linger around the temple because he just want to be in the presence of God. That's important to be in. It's important to be in. You know, when you, when you start to get around the presence of God, what happens is, is you start to see yourself not as the world has labeled you, but as Jesus has called you, and stuff will start to happen. You'll start to think crazy thoughts like, man, maybe I'm more than I thought I was. Maybe, maybe I, I can do more than, than my parents said I could do. Maybe I can do more than that principal that yelled at me in the office said I can do. That's personal. Uh, maybe... Maybe I am more, because and, and you know what? You are. You are. In the presence of God, you begin to see the reflection uh, through the lens of Jesus of who you are. Yeah. In fact, when I pray for people, if they're really beat down or downcast or beat up, usually the first thing I pray is, Jesus, let them see themselves the way you see them. Wow. And it's like instant, like cue the waterworks. Because when Jesus shows people that, it's healing. It's refreshing. I don't know why I'm going on that, but maybe someone needed to hear that. We're in our Q&A series. Which is basically, you know, if you're like me, uh, I think of, like, the frequently asked questions section, like, on TurboTax. I'm like, I hate that. When I need to an answer, and they're like, go to the frequently asked questions. Anyways, this is not that. These are the things that are relevant in, our, in all of our walks. The questions we have, you know, we're, we're tackling, like I said, I... I Called Pastor Scott, who's one of the best teachers I know, uh, but he's funny and, and energetic and alive. But he can teach the whole Bible. I'm like, hey, here's the three questions that I'm too lazy to talk about, but they're hard. So you do it, all right? And he killed it. He killed it. So definitely get that podcast. All right. The title of my message today is Failure to Launch. Failure to Launch. So the question I want to tackle today is: What is my assignment? What is your assignment? What is your purpose? Because the best day of your life is, is meeting Jesus. It's coming into the presence, being washed clean, born again, stepped into that. But that's the beginning point of now he says, hey, guess what? Now that we're in relationship, did you know I made you with a purpose? Do you know there's not a single perp- person that God does not have purpose for? The thing that is, uh, that we should have a healthy fear of the Lord for is that there is a level of partnership yes. that we must get into with Jesus to discover it. Proverbs says, it's the joy of kings to discover the mysteries of God. It's actually, the process is such an adventure. You know, who'd want to watch a movie where there's no, like, any turning point, no, no conflict, no, oh my gosh, is it, you know is the world, is the Death Star really going to blow up the planet? You know, like like... <laughs> If it's just all good all the time and there's no contending, there's no pressing in, it's just kind of a boring life. And God's the same way. There's a partnership. We co-labor with Christ. You know, the disciples, when he came to the disciples, he said, hey, you can be one of my disciples. You're going to have power. You're going to be able to deliver people from demons. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to see miracles. You're going to do these radical things. And they're probably like, sweet. Then he said, but I need you to follow me. I need you to sell the boats. I need, you to, I need you to come with me on a journey. And we have to say yes. The rich young ruler got the invitation, didn't say yes. Wow. Would have would have experienced. I mean, we might be reading a book he wrote. Who knows what would have happened. And so I don't want anyone in our church. If you're here, uh, if you ever come before like the second song um, uh, or third song, <laughs> there, at the beginning of church, we have a reel that we play, right? And uh, like... Those of you who are like on the Usher team, they literally could repeat it to you. we for word. So just go up to an Usher. They hear it twice a week, every week. The high team could probably repeat it to you. But we talk about we're a discipleship church. We actually want to see you reach your God-given potential, your God-given destiny. I start saying it like the video, right? We want to see that happen. And we want to see you find your assignment. I believe every person in this room has an assignment. And can I tell you this? The assignment... You can play it small, which I would equate to, you can do it lone wolf and be you in a rowboat, you and Jesus, just rowing. And you can get a certain distance like that, and you can fit a certain amount of people in that impact like that. Or you can get on the battleship and find your assignment tied to the local church. And then, and then it's like, wait, I'm on assignment, but they're on assignment. And our, what, we just went further. There's a lot of room on this rescue ship. We can bring a lot of people into this. I'm just going to tell you, if you want a small church, heaven's going to start out a little disappointing for you because heaven's going to be a big thing. There's going to be a lot of people there. But we do believe in intimacy and connection and community, so that's why we have connect groups. You're welcome, Rich. Connect groups are where we, we stay close and small while we get bigger in advance, right? But so today, I want to help make sure that there is no failure to launch in our church. And so I want to give you some practical tips on how do you find your assignment. First thing that you might be asking is, are you sure that I have an assignment? Glad you asked. Let's go to the Bible. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, Which God prepared, someone say prepared, prepared. beforehand that we should walk in them. Notice it doesn't say that we should sit in them. We will not step into the full good work that God has if we're sitting. If we're just a pew warmer, right? Show up at church on Sunday. (laughs) Hour and a half, hour and 35 if it's Pastor Matt. (laughs) Go about my life. (laughs) Don't clap so loud, Ted. <laughs> <It> stings. <laughs> Ted's like, "Amen." Hey man, it's the truth. <laughs> Lynn hit him. It's hour 45. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we don't want to just be a pew warmer. We want to step into our assignment, right? I want to step into all the good works. I want to get to heaven and be like, did I miss any of them? And he's like, no man, you hit them all. Good job. <laughs> That's how I want to land that plane. Okay, so how do we find our assignment? Jesus was beginning to teach the disciples. They get a little pumped up. And uh, this first point comes directly from Jesus talking to the disciples about, here's how you know when you're in the kingdom. The first point is this. Serving unlocks the assignment. Serving unlocks the assignment. We have got to, like Jesus, step into a level of serving to begin to see the unraveling of the assignment. Where's that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Here we go. We're going to go to Mark ten thirty seven. Now, let me set this up. The disciples have been doing all these cool miracles. They've been stepping into things. They've been seeing how awesome things happen. And they start having these conversations like, which one of us is the most awesome? <laughs> Who do you think Jesus is going to make his number two? And, and two of them like audaciously like, well, you have not because you asked not. We heard him preach that back in the mount. So, uh, hey, Jesus, can we sit at your right and your left? So the first thing Jesus says right here, Mark, he said to him, or they, they said to him, these are the disciples talking to Jesus, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and one on the other on your left in your glory. Next one. <laughs> I love this. Notice Jesus doesn't rebuke them here. Wanting to be used by God is not a selfish thing. Wanting to have kingdom impact in this life is not a selfish thing. Now, if you don't serve, it will become self-serving. But in its ground level, when you get around God, that's a normal reaction. Whoa, I'm really loved. Whoa, I really, God made me special. And the next thing, natural progression is, what's my assignment? Because I want to be impactful. We may, it is the normal progression. So Jesus is like, how dare thee be, you know, be meek, be mild. But he does say this. He says... But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? What he's referring to is the fact that at some point, if you want to be at Jesus' right and left, there was a cross on the right and the left of Jesus when he went to the cross. He jumps down here. We jump down to uh, 43 because now the other disciples all get indignant because they're like, wow, we didn't ask first. So they're all mad. And uh, Jesus sits them all down and gives them a teaching. Here's how greatness works in the kingdom. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. Next verse. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave to all. Next verse. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's a beautiful teaching. Jesus says, hey, you want to do this kingdom thing? Well, you want to reach the full potential. You want to follow me all the way, uh, you know, which those disciples did. They followed Jesus all the way to even martyrdom. They shared the same burden as Jesus. You want to do that? Start with serving. Yeah. The greatest of you will serve the most. You know, the whole thing started in ministry. Peter stepped into ministry because he served. If you go back to Luke chapter 5, I believe. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to read it for time's sake. Uh, Jesus comes up. There's a big crowd following him. He has no room to preach. So he asks Peter, he says, hey, man, can I borrow your boat? And Jesus has a choice right there. Am I going to serve this guy I never met? He doesn't know who Jesus is at this point. But that was the, that was the trigger point. That was the trigger point. He said, yeah, you can use my boat. Next thing you know, after he preaches his message, he said, hey, go go do this. They go do that. Catch a bunch of fish. Then he says, by the way, I'm going to make you a fisher of men now. That's the whole story. It started with a serve. The invitation comes to serve, and you will get unlocked in your purpose by serving. Other people in the Bible that served Elisha. How did he step into becoming the prophet? He served Elijah. Joseph, how did he become the second most powerful people and save his family from the famine? Served Pharaoh. Actually, he served his way all the way to the top. He served, uh, you know, he served, he served, he served in the prison, okay? How did Rebecca end up marrying Isaac in Genesis 24? If you don't know the story, Abraham sends his servant, says, go find, go find a, a beautiful Jewish girl for my, my boy. And... Uh, he says, well, how will I find him? He prays, the servant prays and said, when I get to the well, someone will come and give me water and water my camels. Here comes Rebecca. She sees a need. She says, hey, can I give you some water? It does, boom. Next thing you know, she serves the camels. Then all of a sudden, her life changes forever. He says, hey, here's a bunch of gold. Let's go talk to your dad. Boom. She, she becomes in the lineage of Jesus Christ himself. She becomes written in the Bible because she serves. Serving unlocks your assignment. It's a double edged sword because it also prepares you to handle the assignment. It prepares you to handle the assignment. I'd like to, I think of it like this you have all the raw material right now, but in the serving is where God fine tunes the thing. Anybody do woodshop in high school? Any woodshop people? Come on, be brave, be bold. Yeah, I love woodshop. I was in woodshop. Show them the picture, guys. This is me in high school. Ruggedly handsome. You can't really see it on the side, but my hair is bleached like Eminem in this. And I think I have a puka shell necklace under that sweatshirt. But what I want to focus on, what I want to focus on, see how could Pastor Loren resist? Look at that guy. Is what I'm holding. That is a wood fishing net that I spent an entire semester building. It's like a 22-year-old picture, so you can't see everything. But this, there's a hand-cut salmon in there where I, like, carved the fins and the gills. I mean, its it was stunning. You know how that thing started? A block of a bunch of scrap pieces of wood glued together, wow. about that big. Wow. It was just a square piece of wood. It was in the processing of it that it took on the shape, the form, the texture, the having the net. It became... Uh, if you will, fashioned to be what you see there. And it took a whole semester, which is a long time in high school. It was like a good percentage of my life at that point. Think about it. it It's probably like 3% of my life at that point. (laughs) And I I would come in, and I was just like, I had to see it every day. I had to see it. And there were, first I had to sand things. And that's what serving does. It begins to sand the rough edges off of you. It begins to kind of weed out, oh, man, I don't really feel like getting up early. I don't feel like being at sound check. Oh, just one more snooze. And then you begin to realize, man, I, I thought I was, like, really selfless, but, uh. <laughs> ah. Yeah, but you begin, you begin to work on, you know, not being selfish. And then, and then you begin, you know, and, like, and somebody asks you to do something for the first time. Like, oh, hey, will you pray in front of everybody for the team? And you're like, ah! I've never prayed out loud, you know, and like, and you're like, oh, I'm scared, I'm scared, but it's just, you know, I'm sure that piece of wood was scared when I pulled out the song, you know, It's cut out the, the net hole, but I was working on it for a reason. That, I still have that net, it's up, and I gave it to my dad, and I am probably want it back, but anyways, it was like, I still have that thing, I'm so proud of that thing, you know, and then there, there's, the, after I finally cut the hole, and then it's got to like shave this, the, the handle part and carve the little fish took me like a month and I'm drilling the holes for now. I was doing a lot of work on this thing. And that's what serving is, God, allowing God to do some work on you. Yeah. So that, yes, you have all the raw material. You are good enough in the sense that God has made you at, in Christ. You are already restored, already perfect. You have all the goods you need. But serving helps you develop to become an effective thing. I could have probably scooped a fish out of the water with that board, but it would have been awkward. But now that piece of wood and that it's it's easy. It's easy. And that's what serving does. It unlocks you. So, first thing, you want to find your assignment, begin to serve. And can I just tell you too, it doesn't like there's no bad serving experience. You're like, "Oh, well, I tried to serve one time and I had a really bad leader." Awesome. They will teach you more about being a good leader than any bad leader. I'm telling you. Because when you're a good leader, you're like, oh, everything's awesome. And then they leave and you're like, oh, it was because they were awesome. You know? And like, but when you're a bad leader, you can learn. I mean, David learned how to be a good king because Saul was hard on him for 17 years. Bad leaders, I mean, like, if you've had a bad boss or a bad leader, you should send them a tuition check. They are worth way more than a college class you could have took. I promise you. If you allow the Holy Spirit to teach you bad leadership, good leadership, serving is an amazing opportunity. Point number two. Thank you, Amy. It was good. <laughs> oh, I want to say this one point. This is the this is the mic drop moment. Ready? If you don't serve while dis- or if you don't serve while discovering your assignment, you will end up using your assignment to self serve. Don't say, "Well, I'm." Yeah. All right, I want to say it one more time. Ready? If you don't serve while discovering your assignment, you will end up using your assignment to self serve. Don't say to me, well, I'm just too busy to serve now. What if Jesus would have said that? Guys, ministry's taking off. I don't really got time to go to the cross because, I mean, there's a lot going on. I'm feeding 5,000 people. Like, no, there's always time to serve. And if there's not, then it's a reprioritization. Because what that tells me is you're trying to do everything in your own strength. Where's your faith? If what you're doing now and God didn't show up at all for the next month and it would still be working, are you in a place of faith? I, I'm at a place right now, if God doesn't show up probably every day, it's all going to fall apart. Like, I'm, I'm dependent on miracles. So we want to serve as we go. Because the assignment gets unlocked in serving. All right, point number two. Kingdom things start in seed form. Kingdom things start in seed form. I'm going to read this verse. I think it'll be in New King James, but i want to read it in the... English standard version, because I like the wording a little better. But Jesus said, uh, or his master said to him, this is uh, Matthew 25, 21. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter to the joy of your master. Listen, when God begins to put the God dream in you, what he'll do, you'll have this dream, and it's like, it's grandioso. It's huge. It's a, it's an oak tree, And then he hands you an egg corn. He's like, here you go. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Man, I I see myself singing in front of the multitudes and ushering them into the presence of God. What are you going to do with uh, being the person who puts the batteries in the mic? What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do? It's not a forever thing. But we don't want to despise little beginnings. Look at what Jesus, the principle he's teaching. He said, I trusted you with a little. Yeah. And you were faithful. And then he goes, so now I give you a whole. I mean, it's like, here's some, here's some change. Here's a city. Yeah. It's actually, the, the, the smaller the thing, the better you stirred it. It actually shows where, where it reveals where our heart is. Yeah. Our, is, is part of, because one of the things you've got to dissect in your assignment is getting out the self-serving part of it. You know, if, if I was dependent on, oh, I need like at least 10 people to come up and say, good, good sermon, Pastor Matt. Or I would like quit the next week, like I would have quit a long time ago. <laughs> I can't have my identity wrapped up in this thing. The assignment's not my identity. I'm a son and daughter. That's my identity. My assignment is just what daddy told me to do. And if your assignment gets mixed up with your identity, then it gets really, really toxic. It gets really, really toxic. Do not let your gift define you. You know why you don't want to define you? It's because God's not impressed with it. You're like, God, look at my gift. He's like, yeah, I gave it to you. No, but look at Look, I do it a lot with it. I, I gave it to you. It's awesome. Yeah, but, but he's, he's like, Where, where's your character, son? Do you, do you represent me well? Do you, do you, do you, do you carry my, my spirit, my character? Are you using the gift to serve? Impact is how many people you serve. Influence directly correlates to how many people you serve. Okay, yeah. not that I'm saying he's a good or bad person. I'm just saying Jeff Bezos, Amazon serves a lot of people. We all like use it. Most of us use it, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot of wealth. Yeah. There's a core influence directly correlates to the amount of people you serve. Right, right. So it starts in seed form. God will always start with something small. I'll share a quick funny story. Before God would ever give me a church, because. Good gosh, thank goodness he took me through my seed, my seed form, right? Before he'd ever give me a church, he started out with just little seeds. Yeah. I remember I went to a camp when I was 19, and this was a, it was a high school summer camp. I was a counselor at it, okay? And we were massively, we just like, so many kids came. We had like these years of like, we're just just breaking loose. And so there were tons of kids. And we had this cabin for the senior boys. It was called Redwood Cabin. And it was, it was better than everyone else's cabin. There was king-size beds and hot showers. It was like, awesome. And so every senior boy was waiting for, you know, if they went to the camp from junior high on, they're like, one day I'll be in Redwood. So we're so over capacity, they come to me and they're like, uh, hey, Matt, uh, we're going to give you a cabin that's actually the foyer of one of our rooms. It's just a big open room, no beds. And we're actually going to give you 17 seniors because there's no room in Redwood. And, yeah, they're going to be really mad that they're not in that cabin. Here you go. You know, and I, I so I start this thing with, like, off on the wrong foot. God gives me 17-year-old seniors, and I, I promise you, I don't know if he was testing my, like, faith or whatever, they were all bigger than me. Like, like they were all D1 going to college football kids. Like, they were huge, and I remember just thinking, what am I going to do, man? These kids are off on the wrong foot. And they were rowdy. Like the first day, I was just like, please don't do that. Please don't jump off the roof. You know, I'm like running around, like trying to just keep them alive. And I come into the cabin on, this, on the first night. And I've been praying. I'm like, God, how do I make this an experience? And anybody who's a seasoned youth minister knows that the key to a good youth ministry is your kids should be more afraid of you than anyone else. They know don't prank the youth pastor because he just goes 10x on the pranks. You know, that's for, for especially for a high school boy, fear equals respect. Okay. And so, so I'm like, well, they don't, they don't know that I'm crazy yet. So what are we going to do? So I walk in the cabin and I realize they are all being quiet and calm and kind. Something is wrong. Something is terribly wrong. And so I like, I'm looking around, they're all like, you know, hi, Mr. Matt, how are you? I'm like, what are you guys doing? And I look and under one of the sleeping bags on the floor, I see a rope and I just piece together. I'm like, they're going to they're going to torture me tonight. They're gonna, there's, there's a mutiny at hand. There is a mutiny at hand. So I'm walking up and I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, okay, I got it. Before I try off I say, hey, guys, we're going to have a new rule in the cabin because it's hard to control all 17 of you. So I'm going to use, a, we're going to use group regulating. If I say, only me, not you guys, if I say something is dumb, if you do something dumb and I say it's dumb, everyone in the cabin gets to slug the guy in the arm as hard as you want. Okay. By the way, this probably wouldn't work now. I'd probably get arrested or fired. But this is 25 years ago. Youth ministry was different. I don't know. So I'm like, you get to slug them one time in the arm as hard as you can. They're all big guys. I can handle it. And they're like, okay, yeah, I like this. (laughs) Click the lights. Run as fast as I can. Dive on the kid that has the rope. Shove him in his sleeping bag. Grab the rope. Tie up the sleeping bag. Yell, that was dumb, and now I've turned the whole group that was going to turn on me. They're like, "Oh, we just get to punch this guy in the sleeping bag." <laughs> so he gets wailed on. He comes out of there. They're laughing hysterically, and that was the moment. I knew I've won them. They're my soldiers now. I have won them. They're my soldiers now. But let me tell you something. In seed form, I will. T- I promise you. You could go find any one of those guys and ask them, "How was your camp experience here?" And they will say. We are so glad we were in red. We had the most epic time. We became a band of brothers. We competed in the games. We painted our, our faces like Braveheart, war paint. I mean, we were like, we were insane. What's the point? Here we are in a church where I've got to lead and inspire and help people. But God, young, young age, 19, mind you, I'm only like two years older than these guys. God asked me to begin to, to rally people. To inspire people. God will give you something in seed form. Don't despise the seed form because on. one, it'll teach you some great things, but two, it'll also prepare you. It'll teach you and prepare you for the bigger picture. Yeah. The seed is so important. Okay, point number three. This is where I want to land the plane. When you're trying to find your assignment, look for the grace. Look for the grace. And this is a, two po- a two-pronged point. First, where do you just naturally, you step in and it's like, man, when I do this, I'm just like an ice skater. I just, it's, 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 it's easier for me. Maybe, maybe, and look for it in seed form. Maybe when you have people over, being hospitable, preparing a beautiful table and a meal and making the best, you know, drinks and all that stuff. Maybe that for you, it's just like, man, it's just like, I get, I get life out of this. There's, there's some hospitality in me. There's some excellence in me. There's a grace to do this because grace is not just mercy where God, you know, you're forgiven for what you don't do, but it's the power to do something that you couldn't have done otherwise. Look for the grace of where you're gifted. But on the, on the other end of this, I want to talk about this because I see so many people get bottled up at this. Often where your grace is, there'll also be a massive amount of disqualification. That's where you'll feel also very disqualified. Now I want to differentiate. Uh, there's a passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. And I'll just read that real quick. guys got that? This is Paul when he asked God to help him with something. He said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for the power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, when you're looking for your assignment, there's kind of two areas of I want to differentiate. One is you just don't care about a thing. Like it's not in your wheelhouse. Right? I use the I'll use it again. Like, if you asked me my assignment, God said your assignment is to be the greatest accountant of all times and make the greatest spreadsheets of all times. That assignment is going down real quick. And it's a funny example, but I just it's not even I mean, yes, I have to be a good steward, I have the spreadsheets, but but this is such an energy suck for me and, it's, and it's, it's actually hard for me and I don't actually get any fulfillment in it when it happens. So that's just an area where I'll, I'm not gonna strive to be a 10 out of a 10. I'll, I'll get it to enough where I'm a good steward and then I'll have great people around me when we need to go to the next level, right? So there's things in your life that you just, there is no passion. You know, you don't, you don't have a passion to like do public speaking or or saying, that's fine, that's fine. But then there are other things that you do feel disqualified in, but you seem to care about. How you really can start to identify a direction of your assignment is what things, when they don't go right, make you angry? What things really frustrate you? What things break your heart? You know, whenever I see videos of soldiers coming home to their kids, oh, I was in a uh, round table pizza one time waiting for my pizza and they just had this reel of dads coming home to their kids. I'm bawling waiting for my pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I care about that, I care about families, I care about dads, I care about that. So where do you care but also maybe then that's where often there's a disqualification. There's a disqualification. Can I tell you why there's a disqualification? because the devil's a disqualifier. And I think what he's really intentional, he'll try really young, at a really young age, to begin to disqualify you on your assignment. So by the time we don't even realize we're carrying disqualification, but when somebody asks you, you care about it. Somebody asks you, hey, be a, would you step up and lead this team? You care about the team. You care about the leader, but you go, oh no. I'm so afraid of being a leader. I'm so afraid, like... That's a different. That's, that, that's the area where, the holy, where God says, hey, let my grace. Because you care about it, you'll steward it well. Let, if you feel weak, let my grace be there. And you'll find that when his grace falls, you'll be so effective. Can I just tell you my number one fear? My number one fear growing up was offending people. Because I didn't like being rejected. I hated hurting people's feelings. I felt totally disqualified. I remember when I started to be an Awaken and we started talking about we're a discipleship church, and I was a connect group leader, and people would be like, hey, you need to talk to this person because they have a ceiling over their life. I was like, oh no, please no. They're gonna hate me, and I just need to be loved. I hated having those tough conversations. <laughs> you know what a lot of being a pastor is. A lot of being a pastor is weird conversations is <laughs> saying, "Hey, man, can I talk to you about a blind spot? can I help you can i can I step in and often when we have a blind spot or we have a hurt area you know it 's like a landmine you 're like, "Can I just talk to you about it blow up at you and you know run out of the room, cuss you out whatever like like it's not easy. But you know what? It's actually, and I'm not perfect at it, by the way. <laughs> but I actually have found that it is where my grace is. That that I've been able to maneuver some conversations that I, in my head, was like, "This is gonna go really south." But it it was, but it was the area where I felt most disqualified. And so I just want to release people today. Where you feel disqualified is often where the Holy Spirit's saying, "Hey, let my grace here," because reason you've disqualified yourself is because you see it as important. And I want to bring a, a correction in you with me can do this thing. We all stand to your feet? I love our church. I love the people of this church. You know, there are amazing connect group leaders. There are amazing leaders in this church, that honestly I can tell you they're not in this to self-serve, they're in there to help unlock people. And I just believe that every person in this room, you have a God-set destiny. And it's really not that hard, honestly. If you'll trust God with the process and you'll say, okay, I'm gonna start serving, I'm not gonna despise small beginnings, and I'm not gonna disqualify myself anymore. Those are the three things. Those are the three starting points. And so I want to tackle the disqualification. That I'm going to have everybody close their eyes. I'm not going to have you come to the front or anything, but I do want to pray to break the disqualification off of people. You haven't stepped into what God has been showing you and putting on your heart, what other people on your teams and your connect group have been saying about you like, oh, you're so good at this, but you have disqualified yourself from stepping into it. We're going to break that off today. You know, you actually have to repent of that. You ha- And repentance is just changing the way you think, saying, God, no longer am I going to say I'm not good enough. No longer am I going to say I can't do it. No longer am I going to say I'm not worthy. He already called you worthy on the cross. He's called you worthy. If you've asked him into your heart, He has ordained and said you're worthy. So if you need to break off disqualification today, I'm gonna pray for you, but I'm just gonna ask with everyone's head down, eyes closed. Like I said, I'm not gonna bring you forward, but would you just right now raise your hand as a sign to saying, God, I'm, I'm serious about this. I'm breaking off this disqualification. Lots of hands, lots of hands. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, right now, in your authority, And your power, your grace is sufficient. We break off the disqualification. We break off the disqualifying. We break off shame and guilt. So people right now, you're feeling shame. That's not from God. Don't feel shame. This is a moment where repentance not come with shame. It comes from a recognition. God, I'm not gonna limit what you do in my life. So God, we break off disqualification. And we say, have your way. Show us your your assignment for us, Lord. Reveal the God-given assignment on our life. And we repent right now of disqualifying ourselves, of saying we're not worthy, of saying we're not enough. If you've called us, you'll provide the provisions and the growth to see it all the way through. Because you are the author and the finisher of our story, the Bible says. So right now, we just break off disqualification break off disqualification. In the name of Jesus and the church said, Amen. Amen.
0: Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages